Welcome to the Young Crones Cafe, where you can get a magic brew full of all sorts of information, both witchy and practical. Grab a cup of coffee and join us. I'm Elizabeth, a wordsmith. And I'm Dave, a modern-day sage. We are going to talk about various witchcraft and life topics from a slightly more mature perspective, at least most of the time. Thanks for joining us. Today's metaphysical kernel of thought is offerings and sacrifices. As part of our practice, we often extend a gift of some kind to the various energies that we work with. Sometimes it is in the form of an offering, and other times a sacrifice is more appropriate. We define an offering as something shared with some type of energy, which is a way to give thanks or acknowledge connections, while a sacrifice is something given up to some type of energy as a way to give thanks or acknowledge connections. Both are freely given. We always have a choice about what we wish to give. The energies do not demand particular objects or energies from us, but there are times we wish or need to give something as part of a ritual or spell working. We may create something as an offering that we can continue to use or recreate, while something sacrificed cannot be recreated or reused. It must be a willing sacrifice, and we make the choice to permanently give up what we decide to offer. Frequently, our offerings are in the form of incense, which involves burning an herb or combination of herbs that often have correspondences with the energy with which we wish to connect. The act of choosing the herbs to use and the blending process to find the best scent is also an offering of our time and energy. Whether we create or choose something to be sacrificed, our time and energy is again part of the act itself. Other types of offerings and sacrifices are usually burned in some type of fire. We believe that the smoke created from this burning process carries the essence of our gift to the heavens and to whatever energy we are giving the gift. Our offerings and sacrifices require thought and decision-making about what they are going to be. They also require an investment of time and energy to prepare them. We often offer them in the context of a ritual or magic, and they usually involve some type of fire. The key difference, therefore, is intent. Are we planning to be able to reuse what we offer so that it is an offering, or are we giving it up permanently, which makes it a sacrifice? Hello, Dave. How are you doing today? I'm doing just great. How are you, Elizabeth? Oh, good. You went out on a job interview today, and you're kind of glowing around the edges over here. I, I, I am doing great, yes. Today is uh, not only a good day to be Dave, but it's been a fun day to be Dave. So, oh, even thank that. You, thank you for noticing that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy in my skin today. There we go, which is even nicer. And there's um, blue in your beard. So, I like, I like to think of it as I was interviewing them. That, that's part of the process. Absolutely. And that's the major one. I mean, you can do, they can offer you a great job, but if they don't impress you with, I need to. I need to want to work there. Yeah. Yeah, and hopefully, you know, everybody who's out there interviewing has that opportunity. You know, we've all taken those jobs because the money was good. Anyway. Anyway, moving on. Tonight we're talking about offerings versus sacrifices. But I'm bumping. Is it versus or versus or and? (laughs) That's kind of and. And, Yep. Yep. Versus in terms of the difference. Well, ultimately, they're both a gift in one yeah, form or are. another. Yeah. 
Um, so they have that sameness. And an offering you can recreate or reuse. Incense is a great one. You know, well, let's, really let's, great let's back right up to the beginning and what, yeah. what is the, the, before we get into the details of the differences between the offering and the sacrifice, why, what, what is it that makes us need to have a giving? Very often it's because we want to. We want to connect with some kind of energy. We want to say thank you because the energy worked with us previously. Okay. You know, in that respect, we want it's an acknowledging of the partnership that we are creating. Okay. The way to connect. A lot of the time, or deepen that connection as part of a ritual, sometimes, or just by itself. Well, I guess what I'm what I'm looking at, or what I'm thinking of from a philosophical point of view, is it's the giving. Yeah. Whether or not there even is a recipient or the recipient wants or needs or values or appreciates or even knows that the gift exists. It's purely about the giving. It's almost a, can only be output or one way. Yes, I would agree with that completely. Which is sort of a rare energy. Um, and I, I wanted to point that out because there's no really... There's no expectation of getting something back. Right, right. Um, There isn't necessarily, I want to say there isn't an opposite to giving, although obviously there is in taking. Or receiving, I think, is a better word rather than taking. Well, no, that's just it. I'm I'm looking at the verb of it, and it's, it's not the gift, it's the giving. Yes, I that would. I'm that I'm looking at is quite honestly, the universe doesn't need our gifts. No. The gods or the elements don't need our gifts. No. It's us that has somehow a need for the giving. Yeah, and that's that's just kind of what I wanted to look at is what is it about us? It's like uh, because it's true and across classic literature and things like that, mm-hmm. um, e- even Heinlein said anything free is worth exactly what you paid for it. Yeah. We we don't value things in our culture, in our society, at least. We don't value things that we didn't have to sacrifice or give or, uh, you know what I mean? If I do. It's it's like when you create an offering, you could just stand there and say, I offer myself. Or I'm standing here saying, you know, I, I'm giving thanks or acknowledging or sending out my intent into the universe somehow. But somehow we need more to make it more real, I want of a better word, if that makes sense in my mind. Sure, sure. You know? I mean... There's because animals in nature don't necessarily have a need to give except out except 
for terms of survival. You know, obviously yeah. mothers need to give food to their young and whatnot. Um, and Pat will share at War Fathers, yep. <laughs> um, although there are an awful lot of fathers not able to make milk yet, but you know, no. <laughs> no, but I'm teasing. If they're carnivores, fathers make yeah, milk. We have, we have this need in us as humans and as spiritual beings and as seekers on the path. We have a need to give. Yes. We, we feel like we have to expend something or lose something. Um, I, the, the note that I wrote while we were reading through this is we have a need to feel the burn. And that, that sounds really flippant, but it's sort of true that we don't necessarily feel like we're going to get full value unless we somehow offer, offer, or sacrifice a part of ourselves to the universe. And that was sort of my way of getting us back to oh, yeah. what are the differences between offer offerings and sacrifices? Okay. Because there's something about us that says, I'm not going to walk away from this ritual or this spell or what have you feeling like even in native American cultures, you know, there's that, um, um, Hollywood trope, but it, it comes from yeah. um, a legitimate true thing where a trade must be a bond from both sides. Yeah. And, and you know, when you give someone, there's an expectation that they are then going to give something back to you, which outside of our culture, even there is a need in us to give and feel like we have done well in the exchange. Yeah, and, and to us, offerings and sacrifices, we never thought of them as exchanges. It's, like you said, they're active giving uh -huh. and putting the time and effort to find the right gift that matches what we want to get. So the building and the creating and mm -hmm. the, the selecting and all of those, I'm going to call them energy juices. Yes. And that's kind of what I was working my way towards uh -huh. um, is in that giving, there's the, the, the thoughtfulness. And I, I used to love when I worked in the uh, metaphysical store, I used to yeah. love watch people shop because the amount of energy that they expend picking just the right ingredient or just the right gift for somebody that is so much a part of the energy and the juju and the magic of the gift giving. Yeah, exactly. So before we have even given any gift, whether it being an offering or a sacrifice, we are already investing energy. So in a way, we're, we're kind of working a giving spell. Yeah, in that respect. And very often, I mean, it's almost, it's almost like a balancing kind of thing, but not really. Because how many of our spells do we do where we need something? And this is, is kind of the balance that we talk about in on the path all the time. The giving part kind of balances out the wanting and the needing and the asking for stuff. I had never thought about that way, but the, um, and yeah. <laughs>
I, I can only speak in terms of when I was a boy going to Sunday school in a Christian church. Yeah. But I can remember a pastor saying to me, for every time that you ask the Lord for something, it's important that at least a couple of times you just out of a clear blue sky thank you for something. <laughs> it's, 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 it, it makes perfect sense, though. Absolutely. It's kind of that balance. And, and sometimes, you know, you go through periods where you really need and sure. the universe is carrying us. And when we come out of the other side, there is a gratitude feeling involved there. Sure. We want to give back. And that's where it kind of turns into offerings and sacrifices. And well, and I, I like the idea of, of us talking about offerings first mm-hmm. in that, yeah, I'm, I'm grateful now and I have an abundance, or even if I don't have an abundance, I I want this to be a gift. I want it to be shared. Yes, exactly. I want it to be acknowledged that this is part of the universe. And so it's mine, but it's yours and it's the universe's and it's the neighbor's. And and Uh you can use it over and over. Ultimately, this is something that I can share with you. You can share it back with me. It's something that we can all Yep. Um, all living things and, and, and all elemental things. Yeah, whatever the energy is, it's it's kind of a shared thing. And very often, Sue and I would create incenses of different kinds. Sure. Like you said, there was the selecting of the incense, the, the ingredients we wanted to include, and the correspondences that we wanted to use to make it have more meaning in that respect. Right, and then and the grinding. You have to, you know, grind them up so that you don't have big chunks of. You don't always have big chunks of something, but sometimes you want big chunks of resins. It's like, never mind. But the idea that you're creating this, I and have, here, and here, I didn't get to use my favorite mortar and pestle joke. <laughs> I'm sure you could, but the idea was then you have to figure out how much of each one you're going to put in there so it smells good. Sure. We deliberately created some instances that did not smell as good for various reasons, but in general, and only outdoors, do you burn those, come up. But the idea is you, you have to figure out how much of each ingredient. Somewhere then, in some of our writings, I'm laughing because somewhere it is literally written. First time new incense, do it out on the back porch. No, 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 new ingredient, not even an incense one before you even get started. No, that is a very real thing. Sure. Because sometimes stuff smells really good when you smell it in its original form and you set it on fire and it stinks. Yep. We'll leave that for a moment. But the idea is, and then when we're creating this incense, if it's going to be an offering, we will write down the proportions and what ingredients we used. Because you want to be able to burn it again or share it with somebody else who's once, I don't know, you're doing a spell for abundance, so you've created an abundance incense and you pass it along. And there's nothing worse than creating an incense and not writing it down. But we've also created incenses that were, in essence, sacrifices where we deliberately combined things so that they worked, but we didn't write it down so that you couldn't use it again. 
And that was the big difference between, that's the big difference between an offering and a sacrifice. An offering you can share and reuse and recreate and use over and over. And a sacrifice is like a one and done. I'm 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 quiet here because I'm reflecting how and 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 this often happens when we talk, but how powerfully I just realized that I can apply that metaphor um, to music. Yes. When when I record a piece of a music, I can share that piece of music and we can enjoy it over and over. And you can give it to a friend and you can give it to a friend and you can give it to a friend. Mm -hmm. um, notice I don't talk about selling music. That's a, yeah. that's a whole other point. Oh, yeah. But I can, once I've recorded a piece of music, I can share it with anyone. Mm -hmm. But when somebody walks by my front porch and I decide that I want to play a song for them on my front steps live right there, that song is gone. Mm -hmm. That version of that, that I am giving them in that moment to the universe can never be duplicated. That moment exactly was a sacrifice. Exactly. Soon because she was a visual artist would often create a drawing. And then burn it. I saw her do that countless times. In yeah. fact, a couple of the pieces that I found in the house have been the, the part burned pieces, which I always found fascinating because there's it's almost sort of like a tea leaf kind of thing to look at the way a paper burns. Mm -hmm. Exactly. But sacrifices in, in the way of the path and, and what we're talking about, to me, instead of being shared with the universe are ultimately gone. They're ultimately returned at sort of their subatomic or energetic particle levels back to the universe so that something new, something different, not this thing anymore, yes, exactly. can be created. By the universe. And so one way of looking at it is that creation cannot happen unless there is, to some degree, willing sacrifice across the universe. Yes. You know, we, we have to give up this energy and this mass and this stuff from time to time for new stuff to happen. Yes, exactly. So, and, and I kind of like the, the idea of an offering, again, being a, a sharing or something where we're, we're, we're all going to acknowledge that this belongs to all of us. Mm -hmm. And we still put time and effort into the creation of it. That's well, and that's just it. It's not, it's never, I shouldn't say never, I shouldn't speak in absolutes. No. Uh, but it's rarely the value of the item itself that we're talking about. We're, we're sort of, glo sort of glossing over that, but oh, whether, yeah. whether or not it's a, diamond encrusted piece of art or if it's a pretty stick the the value of it is in you know we picked that stick out of a whole bunch of others and we talked about that stick and we we wrapped some pretty thread around that stick and we put some nail polish on a spot and when, when you get all done you have a wand that you're giving some one and it's a huge and powerful and wonderful gift that they're going to be a to make magic with mm -hmm. but when we started it was a stick yeah 
And we, so and we, the gift is the time and the love and the energy and the, the impact and that we're all, putting into it. Into it, yes, exactly. And it's like that with anything that I think on the magical side of things that we make. Because anything magical we create, we imbue a piece of ourselves into the process. Right. And that's what makes it special in terms of offerings and sacrifices as well. Yeah, yeah. I like to I'd like to think that when a bird is grazing across my back porch, if it finds a piece of worm or something to eat and then it goes and eats a piece of the bread that I've left on the little platter on the sacred spot on the shelf, I would like to think that that bread tastes better to the animal. Um, I have no idea if it does or not, but boy, I I, I, I feel good in the universe where that Robin knows that that little piece of lemon poppy seed bread was part of their ritual. And Dave left that out there so that we can all share. It's a nice thought. I like it a lot. I like, I like to live in that universe. So for me, that would be my offering is the energy of trying to create that sort of a universe around me. I like it a lot. You know, and sometimes you need to sacrifice because what you tried didn't work and you get rid of what no longer serves in that respect. So that something new can come out of it. Sure, sure. In fact, that actually came up today in uh, in my discussion where, you know, I went back to school for a couple of degrees to find out that I really love studying computer science. But I'm not really very good at it as far as making a living at it. Well, and coming to that realization and understanding that, yep, okay, I'm better at helping people fix things than I am at building them from scratch. Well, there you go. That, that, that awareness. That is that, that's just it. My awareness of that is something that I realize that my perspective and my experience are what I am, pardon my pun here, but offering to yeah. the universe, to a potential employer, to a potential friend, to yeah. those people that I like to to um, practice and perform ritual and magic with. My offering is me. Yes, exactly. And it's the time and effort that you put into the ritual can be considered an offering in itself. Sure, sure yeah. absolutely. You know, it, it, it's funny you say that because I always believed that if I took my time and mowed the lawn just perfect and had all the trim looking sharp and everything else and then got the heck out of the way, I always believed that I was that much a part of your and Susie's rituals because I had created that, that court or that canvas. You know, I always felt like that was my, and I'm sorry, but this is the whole topic. That was my offering. I was sacrificing or offering or sharing my time so that my energy was a part of that canvas upon which the two of you could work your magic. Oh, I agree completely because it was always wonderful to not, 
you know, trip over stuff in the yard because you cleaned up the branches before you mowed kind of thing, <laughs> you know, but, but it makes a difference when you're one, when you're trying to raise energy and you're trying to sure. walk around, you know, if you don't fall on your face, you got a better. Kind of no, I was, I was the groundskeeper for witches before I was this guy. <laughs> yes, in your own respect. You know, hey, I'm going to put that on my resume now. Oh, there you go. For me, it's the writing that I do that is sure. my in a lot of ways. You know, sure. I offer up how I look at things or how I think about writing ritual because I Ex- do it. Experience and perspective. Yeah, we're oh, yeah. And, and, uh, and I, we're essentially at this point marketing the same thing, just through different channels. Sure. I think so. And I have to laugh because Sue would always say, we need to do a ritual that covers such and such and so and so. Write it. You were kind of her AI before there was AI. Yeah, pretty much. Um, And I I can remember her calling you and saying like three sentences to you Uh about what her intention was. And then four days later, she's printing out four page rituals. Yeah, (laughs) it was kind of my job back then. Right. But it's, it's also your offering. I mean, oh, you sure. are it's you different. are a writer. It's what you do, just part of who you are. Yeah, and I kind of had to grow into it as I got older. Right. And today I can say I am a writer without blenching most of the time. <laughs> 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 or, or, or making some sort of self-deprecating comment. Today I can say I am a writer. And I am a good writer because when I write stuff down, People read it and it makes sense. Or it answers a question or it makes them think, which gives me great joy. If I've written somebody something and somebody says, I really had to think about that. That's when I'm doing my happy dance nowadays. <laughs> so we are, at least right now at this point in our lives, we're both kind of in a state where we understand what it is that we have to offer mm-hmm. and we're, we're very clear on what sacrifices we'll need to make to be able to continue. Yes. Have that to offer. Um, and that's here again, that's, that's part of experience and perspective and getting a little older. <laughs> well, you know, offerings and sacrifices are cumulative. So I like I like to think that I am a sum product of all of the offerings and sacrifices I have made through these years. I think we all are. Yeah. So and that seems like a pretty good place to stop unless you have something to add. No, actually I'm quite comfortable right there. I am too, and that was a great way to end that. So I will say, as I always do, may you find mercy and reverence in all things. Be safe, be kind, and be loved. Practices in the path. These are the hows and whats that we, as practitioners on the path, actually do in our own lives. Everything from the various tools that we work with as well as those we don't and why, to the solar and lunar cycles, herbs we use, crystals and stones that we work with, candles, incenses, and anything else we come up with that can give an understanding of what we personally do with our magical practices. Good evening, Dave. Hi, Elizabeth. How are you? Oh, great. Catching up with an old friend by phone recently, so just weird. 
yeah, it's <laughs> running into someone from our past stirs all kinds of ripples in in the people that we are today. Yes, I would because agree. It, it causes us to look at the people we were when we knew that person. And then it also causes us to wonder what kind of person that is, recognizing that they're not the same person either. I know. He was telling me he has a gray beard. Oh, all right. So we have that in common. Yes, you do. So there we go. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, we'll let that one slide for a little bit. Oh, dear. It's just funny that this is someone I practiced with that was kind of like the prequel to creating the path in the first place. Sure. And, and looking back at what we used to do and saying, oh, wow, it is very different now. And being happy with that, right? That's so got that's got to be that's got to be a neat conversation, sure. Oh, sure, it is. In, in was, a way, you're in, in a way. It sounds like there's a form of closure, even though there's no ending here, really. But it no. seems like you're able to uh, show that you finished up or followed through on some projects and whatnot. And oh, I yeah. only mention it that way because that's one of the things that. You know, the, the big catchword nowadays is closure, and we're talking about the closing of our ceremonies or our practices. Mm -hmm. and, and really, I think that, that word closure fits. Oh, yeah, it does, because every ritual kind of has that closure to it, hopefully. You know, if you're doing open-ended rituals, you're walking around have astral, and that's never a good thing, especially if you have to drive. But we'll talk about that in a minute. But this is our practices session section. Well, and I think we should make the distinction there between just working a moment of magic, you know, drawing a pent on a lock or what have you, oh, yeah. isn't the same as what we're describing as ceremonial ceremony or ritual, yeah. in that it has the structure of a beginning or an opening, a, a working or a main course, if you will, and then today we're talking about that, that closing portion or that day yeah. wall. Wrapping well, up all of the loose ends, or hopefully. Yeah, hopefully getting everything gathered together. I mean, Sue and I always felt that the opening and right up to where you're starting the working was kind of, all right, you're stepping out of the mundane more towards the magical side of things. And mm -hmm. then whatever you did in ritual, especially if you're doing spell work, you are starting the process of transforming something in that respect. Sure, sure. And part of the closing is you come back, you focus more on the mundane, and it gives the manifestation of the transformation a place to land. It's interesting that you see it that way, and, and I, I certainly understand that. Uh -huh. you're, you're seeing an ending place for the energy or the transmutation or whatever that it is that you worked. I just, my own personal thing is I see the closing as being so much more about getting me back to this, this real, when I send the energy, I sort of trust that that energy knows what it's going to do with itself. Oh, no, exactly. The closing for me is more about getting myself back into a proper frame of mind to being, a uh, functional human being, if that makes any sense. Oh, yeah, I agree completely. But like I said, if you are doing spell work, there's no point in creating something on the magical, starting that whole process. 
and then coming back and not giving it a place to go in that respect. Because when we do that sort of magic, we are transforming our mundane world. We're not transforming our magical world most of the time. You don't need to. Right. You're in the magical side of things, as it were. You're, you can do anything. And you need a place for it to go. And like you said, getting yourself back. And I agree completely. That's the big part of closing, which is why most groups and hopefully you and me and people who are practicing solitarily, remember to have something to eat and drink as part of that. Or to sit down and put your hands on the earth and drain. There's always excess energy when you come back. I I have to say that this is something... Uh, coming up on 20 years ago now, but this is something that I picked up from you and Sue and the work that you did together, you know, through all of those years. Uh-huh. I had not included a small snack or something at the end. And after having done that for years, you know, even a couple of couple of Ritz crackers or something like that, and there, there's something about, for me, coming to the end of a ritual or a, a ceremony or whatever, where that act of eating something and then feeling the, the peristalsis. Mm-hmm. I, over these years, I have trained or we have trained my body that that act of eating and drinking is what sort of brings my body back so that it can be aware of my surroundings. The work that I do during the closing is so much more important for my mind and my spirit. Mm-hmm. But that that housel or cakes and ale or whatever you want to refer to it, that snack and offering of, of food and drink at the end has become such a critical part of me getting my body back into the right shape. Oh, me too. Um, so now it's a matter of training and working and always improving how I can get my, my mind and my spirit to come back into the right or the mm-hmm. the necessary frame of mind. Well, Sue and I always found out found when we did housel together, we would often chit-chat about the ritual. And that was a way for our mind and spirit to kind of acknowledge that something important just happened. Or we don't want to Sure, sure. Yep. I can I can remember walking around and picking yeah. things up in the yard and mm-hmm. hearing it was I, I refer to it being a veteran. I referred to it at the time as sort of a debrief. Yes, exactly. You know, where you would kind of talk yourselves down while you were finishing off the the apple bars or whatever good, wonderful thing Elizabeth made. I think one of the reasons we've trained you so well is I have, over the years, been the baker of the group so that different (sighs) times of the year you have come to expect different (laughs) treats, as it were, to talk your body back down. I did, didn't even know it was supposed to be called Loafmas. All I knew it by was Apple Bar Day. No, that's solid. Loafmas is always some sort of wonderfully fresh so, baked bread. The, the lemon poppy bread, yep. Uh, lemon poppy seed bread it tends to be Loafmas. And it's just different things that we associate with different times of the year for different reasons. And it probably helps that I like to bake. But so yeah, so we really- have snack, which helps get our body back. Uh-huh. And I'm sorry, I didn't didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, there. That's you okay. Had, okay. Um we have 
conversation or from a solitary point of view, I guess it would make sense, at least the way my habits have, have developed, is I would either meditate or sometimes I would journal mm-hmm. and sort of write down what that experience was or at least what I feel about me is different after having had that experience. There you go. So I guess for somebody that doesn't have the opportunity to, to practice together, um, journal about it, blog about it, write about it, even oh, yeah. if you don't ever send it to anybody. Or even sit there um, and think about it. <laughs> and, and that reminds me, um, we need a wishing well. I'm sorry, I'm making myself a, a mental note or a physical note. Actually, mm-hmm. we need a wishing well added into our Discord presence. Okay. We need a place where people can go in there and write whatever they write. And I'll just set up a robot that the moment that they write it and post it, it disappears and it's gone forever. Yeah. I need to add a wishing well to our. Okay. Uh, that's yeah. Okay. yeah, I like Actually, that. I could do that right on our website. Yeah, you could. Yeah. You know, Sue, Sue always talked about we needed to create in, in, like one of our email addresses that would. Well, we have yeah. um, several email addresses. In fact, we don't mention those often enough. I've really got to get my, my marketing unified and together. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. But for, for those folks that are out there that are regular, all, all 18 of you that are regular listeners, it dot is dot done at twoyoungcrones.com. Um, there is blessings. There is, there's a half a dozen targets, but knowing how the back end works and being the, the IT guy behind it, if you use a random word at twoyoungcrones.com and send an email, I know where that goes and it goes into a bucket that nobody ever looks at. So if you ever need to make a wish and you need some place to send it, you know, write down what how you feel about that last ritual or whatever and send it to deadend at twoyoungcrowns.com and oh, yeah. know that it's gone out into the universe. It's just okay. it's funny because I think you're gonna do a, a thing this week about how to use oh. technology to help in your practice, but there's a way to do that. Oh, yeah. I'm having a lot of fun with the monographs. You wrote one, an amazing one last month about stuff that you can find when you're out and about in nature or in a park or decomposable. Yep. Yeah, decomposable. And it was great. And I am following it up as a natural kind of thing, which is, I mean, I feel like somehow we've switched positions where I am kind of doing a deep dive almost into some of the technologies and modern correspondences that you can use because I am reasonably technical, but I'm not nearly as technical as you are, and I don't want to be. I'm well, and I'm the IT guru, but lately I've been on this kick of trying to do things Desert Island style. So. Yeah, exactly. So it's a lot of fun. You know, I think we all need to, to wear different hats sometimes. So the last we are our own. So the last part of closing really, if we look at it from that kind of body, mind, spirit, we we've done a really good job with the body. Uh-huh. We we've had a snack and some orange juice, just like the red cross right daughter. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. The fizzy orange blood orange drink, yes. We've worked with the mind in that we've either been able to share 
how we feel changed by the the ritual or the ceremony or journal about it or you know post it or whisper it to the wind um oh, yeah. over the last couple of years of missing susie the things i've said to that river outside yeah oh, yeah please. anyway <laughs> yeah but right. what can we add or what can we talk about in our closing that helps to close down that spirit for or us, bring it back well, for sue and i it's always been the libation portion okay it's all about spirit. We have something we always say. We save a little bit of the, the, the physical that we've eaten and the, what we've drunk and put them together and then give it to the earth. Yep. And we say the same thing every time. And sure. it's a very spiritual thing for us that we say it has meaning for us on the path. And that kind of settles the spirit. I'm going to put you on the spot here, but is it something that you can recall by rote? Uh, probably not by rope today because my brain is not there. Fair, fair but enough. Basically, it talks about um, here, here's here's a gift, in other words, in in essence, for the earth. And the day and night are wed as the living and the dead. Okay, they were shown a mystery. Gotcha. Okay. Yep. Now I remember the part that you're talking about. Sure. Yeah. All right. So right. that that takes care of our body, mind, spirit. Um, and also in the process of the conversation, we came up with the idea that we need wishing well. <laughs> and, and if you really want to think about it, the closing is the period at the end of the sentence that you've done by creating your opening and the joy that's having the ritual part of it. And you have to get to an end somewhere. Well, and I think in some folks' practices, they even dissolve the circle or what have you. Yeah, yes. Um, sort of symbolically stepping back across the hedge and into the mundane. We have done that when we have felt the need to cast, like, a really official circle. And we talked about this as part of the, the opening and the working. When we actually cast a circle, it's very simple. We don't call quarters or anything mm -hmm. like that. We basically create a bubble to hold the energy until we're ready to release it. And then we release the energy, and for us, the circle part, the bubble pops. And the bubble bursts, sure. Yeah, the bubble well, bursts. it's interesting we were talking about decomposable stuff because I yeah. can remember out here in the yard, um, at one point I spray-painted a circle. Yes, you did. And even though the, the ritual was finished that afternoon, for the next three to four weeks, every time I would go out and trim the lawn, I would see that color be less and less. And here again, there's something about that to me visually marking the passage of time until that circle has been grown and trimmed off. It's just, it's always had a real powerful effect for me. Well, that makes a great deal of sense. And we always appreciated you making the markers that give us, gave us a place to put lanterns and candles on the edge so that we wouldn't get lost in the dark. Well, the house is still here, so we successfully did not burn it down over 20 years. <laughs> there have been times where Sue and I have put things in a sacrificial fire, as it were. I think we're going to talk about that in another segment here. I think we are. We're talking about offerings and sacrifices and the difference in creating unintentionally or higher flames than we thought we were going to get. But that's neither here, there, nor there. All right. Work so, with me here, lady. I'm trying to close the closing. Okay, exactly. So with that being said, I think we've, we've kind of, in a roundabout way, 
the, sure. the body, mind, and spirit parts that you need to get back in alignment so that you're not so what I half astral, astral yep. exactly, <laughs> or almost like an energy hangover where you're jittery or you can't sure. sleep or it's, it's very uncomfortable. Sure. So please, if you are doing any kind of rituals like that, make sure you close appropriately. Yep. Eat something, drink something if that's your thing. If not, put your hands on the earth and sure. let it, the energy go somewhere because you always carry. I don't care what kind of ritual you're doing. There's always an energy that kind of clings to you at the end, I guess is the best way to describe it. I have a friend that has a pool and every time they finish something like that, they, they take a cleansing dip in the pool and I carry a shower, anything. Sure. It's the same idea, but you need to come back and be part of the mundane, even though it's not as much fun. So with that being said, you find mirth and reverence in all things. Be safe, be kind, and be loved. Before we go, we would like to present you with a tip, a trick, or witchy hint. Just something to make your day go better, because we live in a mixture of the magical and the mundane. Today's tip, trick, or witchy hint is about using the energy of the times of candle mass to think more outside of that box. As humans... We tend to like to be able to categorize things, stick them into neat little boxes that allow us to be more organized, more together, more whatever. And one of the joys of being a witch is being able to flex our creative muscles, as it were, to think outside of that box and occasionally to climb out of the ones we stuck ourselves in if we choose to do so. For us on the path, the times of candle mass are also known as the times of creativity and inspiration. So now is the time to grab a hold of that energy of fire, which are also associated with those two things. And think about different ways you can change up your practice. Change the ways you do magic to just try some new things and see how they work out for you. For example... If you always, if your go-to is always candle magic, why not try some other type to see what could go on? Instead, as a substitute or as a different way of getting the same results. If you're terribly into using herbs for your correspondences, you might want to try rocks and stones and crystals of various kinds instead, or different everyday items that you could think of what we call modern correspondences they can be used just as adequately or think about using no correspondences at all if you always open and close your ritual in exactly the same way why not try your hand at something new by writing something different that relates to what you're trying to accomplish, for instance, or as we have done, that relates to various seasons or moons of the year. The idea is to really think outside of those boxes that we stick ourselves in. And now is the perfect time of the year to try it. Here in upstate New York, where we live in practice, with the exception of this week where we've had kind of a heat wave, it tends to be cold and damp at this time of year. And there's enough snow usually throw in to keep in people from practicing outdoors. So now is a good time to sit down with a piece of paper and a pen 
story in front of a document on your computer if you're more of that sort of witch and brainstorm as many different ways that you could try something new and fun and exciting in your practice. And the idea, as we say, is always to have fun while you're doing it. That whole mercy piece is always just as important as the reverence. So with that being said, I wish you a happy start of the candle mass season. Go out of your way to be creative and look for inspiration in new and different ways. And maybe try out some new things in your practice. Come up with those ideas. And remember to really think outside of the box when you do so. Well, it looks like the coffee cups are empty for this week. We hope you join us again next Tuesday. But you can find us at our website, twoyoungcrones.com. That's the number two young. We'd love to have you join our growing online Discord community. Check out our new Patreon presence. Just look for Young Crones Cafe. Through Patreon, you'll be able to make it to our Discord. We are also Young Crones Cafe on Twitter and Facebook. Until then, remember, we are witches who work with energies to affect change. We are believers in both imminent and transcendent divine. We are celebrants of the passage of the solar and lunar cycles. We are hedge walkers who pass back and forth between the worlds of the magical and the mundane. We are seekers of knowledge. And we are walkers of a spiritual tradition we call the path. So mote it be. So mote it be.